Hello, friends. You know what time it is. It's time to find your balls. I'm Jeff Stuckey. I'm an emotional genius. And I'll be riding shotgun as always to the man with his hands on the wheel, Greg Allen. Good morning, Greg Allen. Morning, Jeff. Morning, listeners. (laughs) How are you this morning? I'm real good. Yeah. Excited yeah. again, excited yeah. <laughs> about today's episode. Thank you. We need to have like emotional cards for you to hold up yeah. where it's like, and Greg is excited today. I'm trying to use my arm. I don't I, know if the listeners can see that. Yeah, but, but you hit shit all the time. Like, I this do. is a new thing with your hand gesturing. <laughs> like, and I appreciate the effort, yeah. but strange time to start experimenting with hand gestures when I'm sitting in front of a mic, whacking the mic. The desk. Um, hey, so um, I don't know how many weeks ago. A few. Uh, we did a an episode on pornography mm-hmm. and why is pornography so popular? Uh, any have you had any subsequent conversations uh, with people since that? No, <laughs> you're set. You're set, you're like set a hard me up. No, like, I know you're setting no. me up for something. No, no, no. no. Just okay. curious um, yeah. if you had any. No, I haven't. Yeah, which is interesting given the popularity of porn. Um, But the only reason I bring it up, because it took a little while before anybody would say, hey, about that porn episode. (laughs) Um, Which is, uh, that is an interesting phenomenon in and of itself. But over the past couple of weeks, I guess, some people have mustered up the courage or whatever to bring that up. And it was interesting because a common response has emerged and this is this is non-scientific okay this is not an adequate sample to be yeah. any reliable data so let me be clear on that but i thought it was fascinating that two things have emerged one multiple women have <laughs> said hey thank you for talking about that and talking about the relationship between women and porn because there's times where I find it erotic, I find it useful, whatever that is. Um, so I thought that was interesting. But the, the other thing that emerged from men was that one of their primary attractions, if you will, was how wanted the man was by the woman in pornography. And many of the guys said, you know, my wife will have sex with me. It's not like she'll, you know, she'll, she's not like not going to have sex with me, but it's not the same as her really intensely wanting me. Mm -hmm. And that's the part of, pornography that I find myself attracted to or intrigued by. And I, I just thought that was a very interesting um, observation. And it was brought up enough times to say, okay, that's, that's again, it's not statistically significant, but it's yeah. something. I mean, there's yeah. a trend there. Uh, so I just thought that was interesting um, to hear that from other men just kind of give that some thought and then to be able to articulate that. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, I don't know if that's what we want to get into today. <laughs> no, but that, uh, was just, uh, that was just free of charge. Free, okay. Uh, I know we've got other ground 
uh, to, to cover today, but it, it just was something that had emerged. Um, some, well, I guess what, you know, when you have an episode like that, you, you may cringe a little bit like, Oh geez, what's the yeah. fallout. But to be able to have some productive conversations and some people to be able to say that I benefited from that. Yeah. Uh, just, it, it just felt good and wanted to pass that along to you. Yeah. Yeah. And we may want to, to have an episode just to talk about that sort of thing, because if a, if a guy looks at the the context of the intimacy as in the bedroom, then he's missing the part to get prepped for it, so to speak, or his wife to get prepped. Uh, I read a book once, and I could recommend it. It's called "Sex Starts in the Kitchen," and, <laughs> and so <laughs> the idea there is the what your wife, you know, Greg's opinion here may not be representative of all of those <laughs> on the podcast. So, uh, but. Proceed, Greg. <laughs> well, the, the the interest part of the intimacy starts because your wife sees you as as I don't know appealing in other settings. It's not like all of a sudden, you know, the lights are dim and the clothes are off, and it's like, wow, you're awesome. I mean, I'm sure that happens, but uh, the fact that you know you you took on things and and I don't know did your part in the family, and and she would see she would be attracted to you for that. So. Yeah, we're going to put a bookmark here because this will be another podcast. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and well, that one may be several hours long. <laughs> so, um, yeah. but yeah, that that is in, that I've heard that concept. Yeah. Um, before, and I do think that'd be worthy of of further exploration. Uh, so we will most certainly get to that down the road. So you can look forward to that, or you can skip that one, whichever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> whichever you, you want. Yeah, whatever. Right. Yeah. Well. So Before, what, are we, what are we doing today here? Yeah, today we want to talk about spirituality, but I I, I need to delay that for a moment because uh, we did have uh, some questions that You're we were driving, to... bro. So you, you, <laughs> hey, if we need to take a turn, then we okay. take a turn. Well, just two quick things. Uh, people have asked about the uh, man-made series that we bring up, and uh, we don't want to get it into that too deep here. But if you want to learn more about diving deeper into some of these topics, um, just go to becoming man-made. Dot com. There's a website there that'll explain that, introduce you to the course. And, and you you talked about this, uh, and we brought it, it came up in conversation, and you gave the caveat that you likened the program to drinking from a fire hose. <laughs> and, and I just want to say that again. Like, okay. if you're not at a place where you're like, okay, I want to take the red pill, <laughs> That's that would not be a good place for you. That will okay. be a frustrating place right, for right, you. Right, right. And you and you wouldn't want that, and we don't want that. We don't, you know, we wouldn't want you to be a part of that community and then just be frustrated and bitching the whole time. Yeah. So there needs to be some consideration there because that's not a one size fits all environment. That's a I'm at a place where you know, I've listened to the podcast. I I don't think these guys are totally insane, and I want to. I you know to use the the phrase deep dive. Mm-hmm. That is that's a deep dive. Yeah, and it is a it's a strong, difficult challenge in terms of your core beliefs, what you believe, and it's designed to do that. The design is to really challenge your belief system and see what's left on the other side and what needs to be rebuilt. 
So I can't emphasize that enough because it, it's not it, it, that is not an impulse decision. That, <laughs> hey, yeah, yeah, here we go. Let's do the you know it, it, that. <laughs> it, it, it just simply is not for everybody. Okay, and the um, other question that we got the most of is uh, something about where you or how you were able to garner all this wisdom that you uh, have as a shaman. Like, give us a. I mean, how did you come up with this? Because we love the information. Well, obviously, Greg, it's it's so sophisticated that it's beyond your comprehension. I mean, it, if, if you, you have, have to ask the question, um, then no, I'm just you, kidding. <laughs> um, you know that that's an interesting question. I'll try to keep I'll try to keep this brief. But if if I go back to our previous podcast on the illusion of self and the adapted self and the authentic self. My adapted self really essentially was a Neanderthal. Um, it, it was so, like I, I did not have a conception beyond high school football. Oh, right. Like high school football mm -hmm. literally was the sum total of my identity. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I would not have gone to undergrad had my high school girlfriend not filled out my college application. <laughs> wow. I wish I were making that up. Yeah, that's funny. And then I got accepted <laughs> to college, and I'm like, well, what do you do now? Like, what am I supposed to do? Like, <laughs> oh, man. So, and so then for me to end up in grad school, right, mm -hmm. that's when the conflict that's when this idea of adapted self and authentic self really began for me. Because when I first started training, I had imposter complex on steroids. Oh, like yeah. I am 100% a fraud and everyone is going to figure that out. Mm -hmm. And I went to extreme measures to hide my fraudulence. Yeah. Right. I mean, I was coat and tie. I was, I even had a beeper. Oh like, no. <laughs> that, that's exactly right. I know. God, like yeah. I was a drug dealer or something, yeah, right? Yeah. But, um, and there's a story behind the beeper. My, my then wife was pregnant with our second child. And I mean, this is 98, something like that. So I had justification for the initial beeper because if she were going to go into labor, she'd need to get in touch with me. Mm -hmm. But I kept it. Oh, gosh. <laughs> That's right. I kept it. So all of this kind of stuff. And then it was genuinely like coasting for me. Once I got into this place, which was a journey back to my authentic self, this fits. Like this is just... I'm not swimming upstream. This is not resistance for me. This is incredible. I mean, it just, everything about it. I mean, I just binged on all kinds of things. But that conflict, it took me a very long time. And my clinical supervisor had to help me get through that conflict of being just a complete imposter. Yeah. yeah. And then once it clicked, and I don't, I, I don't know how these things work. You know, I don't, um, obviously, I don't believe in a divine creator and all of those kinds of things. So I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But it, it just, 
everything suddenly made sense. Mm -hmm. And I think when you get to that place of your authentic self, this is who I am, then it just has this exponential return. Yeah. And that's what I experienced. And that's what got me even more passionate about doing therapy vocationally and then also developing something that would help other men make that journey to their authentic self. Right. Because it's a terrifying journey, but then once you get there, it's like Neo in the Matrix dodging bullets. Mm -hmm. Everything slows down. Everything makes sense. You feel a level of empowerment that was completely foreign to me up until that point. Wow. Well, that's great. That should make someone want to move that direction for sure. So thanks for sharing that. I hope so, because the payoff is is well worth the sacrifice of, of getting there. Okay. Well, let's move into today's topic. Here we go. Yeah. Spirituality. And this ties in with our uh, previous episode on on self-care. I want to propose that spirituality is not just a component of our life, but that it overlays and informs other things as well. The mental, emotional, physical, social kind of components of our life. So it kind of fits in there and just gives meaning to those those areas. Did you want to touch on any of that? Does that feel like a good backdrop for a discussion? Do you feel like you have kind of an operational definition of like what spirituality is? If you were going to articulate that to somebody like, you know, because it is kind of one of those grandiose kinds of terms and it's, yeah, it is sexy these days. Yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. it's like, it's one of those words where it's like we all know what we're talking about and have no fucking clue what we're talking about <laughs> yeah, at the yeah. same time, right? Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, sure, I know what you're talking <laughs> right. about, but not really. So okay. what what would you say? If yeah. You wanna... All right. Well, that's good because uh, mine is going to be skewed uh, one way and yours might be somewhat different. No, it's going to be completely different. Both of ours are going to be skewed in in our own personal directions, yeah, I would assume. So maybe through that skewing, we can find some kind of common ground yeah. that we can all kind of rally around. Yeah. Okay, I'll throw out a, a what I would call a working example or working definition for me. Uh, so it kind of answers the question, why uh, in the other components? And it gives a, a meaning or a purpose to those other parts of my life. So why am I doing something in my physical world? Why am I taking care of myself? Why am I taking care of someone else? You know, and an emotional, social kind of uh, type of sense. Uh, why do I want to lift someone up higher than me? Why am I even interacting with them in a positive way? So it, it kind of informs that. At some point, if I ask the question why enough, I need to have an answer. And maybe not everybody does, <laughs> but it just keeps pushing that way. And so the, the, the spiritual component offers me an answer. For me, spirituality and religion were synonymous for me the first phase of my life. I remember during um, my graduate studies, uh, Fritz Perls is, is a psychologist who developed what is known as Gestalt therapy. And one of the tenets of Gestalt therapy was the sum is greater than the whole of the parts. 
which is, I'm I'm assuming that's a phrase that many people have heard, but that's, and that's where it originated for me. They may have borrowed it. I don't know. And I don't know what it was about that, but it it was like a splinter in my mind. Like, Mm -hmm. okay, when you put it all together, you get an exponential return. And that just, it got me thinking about spirituality from a way that, okay, I'm participating in something way bigger than me and there's exponential return on it. Mm -hmm. You know, when you look at nature and if you leave nature alone, right, by design, it's flourish, right? I mean, when you look up at the universe and you look at all those fucking stars in the (laughs) sky at night and it's like, what the hell? (laughs) Like, and why we're not more preoccupied by that big space out there. Uh, It's like, (laughs) a lot of us are (laughs) anyway. Yeah. Lots of things. I'll try not to digress on that, but it was this idea of flourishing and that the natural world wants to flourish. Mm Mm-hmm. And that was antithetical to my religious experience because my religious experience was had a strong vein of proselytizing. So almost like a conquest kind of thing. Hi, Greg. I don't give a fuck what you believe. I'm here to force feed my beliefs down your and again, I don't I'm not that was my personal experience. Right. I am not trying to put that on any kind of a macro level. That's mm-hmm. what my religious experience felt like. And then for me to step out of that, okay, I don't want this sort of conquest mindset right. where I'm going in and conquering. It felt like I was on the Crusades, just fucking constantly, yeah. like, storm the beach. Um, yeah. And it, it was like, I want to participate in what is around me that brings about flourishing. And so that that was a paradigm change for me. You know, I want to be interested in what you believe in rather than attacking what you believe in and trying to undo what you believe, although you know I fucking love doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Taking people's toys apart. I know. I, I try to stop you when I can. <laughs> I know, man. But it's so much fun. But anyway... And, and so that's when spirituality became a whole new orientation for me. How in every interaction, and I started to learn this from my clients, you know, because I'm walking into the room and I'm like, well, I'm the expert and I'm super powerful and super important. In reality, you know, I learned this lesson that every client really had something significant to give me if I was humble enough to hear it and grateful to receive it and not internally grateful, but to that person, Mm -hmm. I've never heard this before. I mean, that's fascinating that, you know, whatever that is, that's when spirituality for me really came to life. And, and, you know, it was was, uh, nice that you brought up the, the difference between spirituality and religion and I think what, what helped me get a better grip on on my spirituality was w- within the Christian religion, going to various types of churches. And I don't mean visiting, but being uh, you know assimilated 
into churches of a whole nother culture, even in other countries. We don't really have to leave our city to find different churches. And I, I remember being a part of a church, and I'm thinking, God, you do things totally different than I've ever seen before. But it can't be wrong. <laughs> you can't be doing everything wrong. And this other church I went to did everything right. So let me try and pull something out of it. And and it turned out it had nothing to do with religion <laughs> at the core. You know, uh, for me, you know, it was a belief in God and and a desire to follow Jesus. So it's like, okay, I can work with that. You know, when I start trying to formulate rules and then force it directly onto the my physical life, for instance, like here's a rule, you don't do this and you do do that, you know, it's like it just didn't work. But if, if I say, well, the the uh, words of Jesus form how I'm going to think, just transform my mind, here's how I'm going to approach everything, then th- the rules weren't necessary, you know, which is actually a big part of, of uh the good guys who drink and cuss a little. <laughs> it's not like we want to abandon all rules, but we want to pull them away and say, which one of these rules support me and the community I'm in, and which ones are just rules that someone else self-imposed upon us? Yeah, and that's interesting because I do think a lot of people are profoundly confused about you and I's relationship. One of the, the maybe the glue in our relationship I mean, there's multiple things, but I just remember always being intrigued by your approach to religion, and I'm doing air quotes, <laughs> because I, I, it does, from my perspective about you, it's more a practice of spirituality. How mm-hmm. does this apply to me? Your approach is much more, in in my experience with you, was always you kind of conforming yourself to the image and likeness of Jesus or whatever that language is for you. And it had very little to do with judging other people. And then you extended that to me to where you had this interest and curiosity of understanding my spirituality, right? And saying, okay, Jeff's spirituality doesn't look exactly the same as mine, but we're both very interested in how do we flourish? How do we make things around us better? Yeah. And we were always, and, and correct any of this where I'm in like delusional, but it was like that's what we were always able to rally around. Yes, yes, absolutely. Is... Okay, that you say it that way, I say it that way, but the end, the destination is the same. So if you want to take that road, I'm going to take this road, and I'll meet you over there. And there was just that in and of itself to me was the spirituality that I was wanting to learn and participate in. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get lost in who's right, who's wrong, you know, arguing about things that neither one of us could prove. <laughs> right. It was just very much, let's rally around what we both have in common. And and that was a very, from my perspective, that was just very, that was a very natural thing. I, oh, yeah. It was a little bit surprising. Like, <laughs> as we would spend more time together, and I was like, 
well, I guess I didn't piss him off today. I'll see him again next week. Um, so this thing that I was looking for, I was finding and experiencing in you and I's relationship to where we really just wanted to find our areas of common interest and we really wanted to celebrate and maximize those things. The whole is greater than the sum of the, of the parts. Yeah. Did I say it wrong first time? It, I think you got it right. It, one of those was right and one of them's wrong. So, <laughs> so when Google that, Fritz Perls, uh, Gestalt therapy, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. That's the right one. Yeah. So remember that one. I think I fucked it up earlier. But started to actually experience that in you and I's relationship, but then also in my life experience. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's just my relationships started to improve. The kinds of people that I wanted to spend time with the in my practice. Mm -hmm. I mean, at the time my practice was like, it, it was, it was meaningful. Yeah. But because of all of the weight that mm -hmm. I was carrying from this experience that was religious for me, but not spiritual. Right. Once I moved into that spiritual, I mean, it was like seeing in color. Mm -hmm. I mean, it just, it just was an incredible process. Yeah. That's great. I felt this, the same way in terms of both of us approaching things with a, a mutual respect and a desire to learn and a desire to improve each other and people that we come in contact with. So if you make you approach it like that, you know, it, it's a lot harder than just pointing out with you, someone you're talking to how you're different or just trying to force your views on them. I mean, that's kind of the easy way out. It right. doesn't end well, but. Right. Yeah. And I think the other distinction that I would make for me personally was, again, in my religious context, spirituality was more like some when I died, <laughs> yeah, you know, like this life sucks and I'll fucking die and then I'll go to Disney World for eternity, <laughs> right? So it was always this kind of out there, like suffering servant, like you're going to be miserable in this life and you're a piece of shit, but God saved you and everybody else is a piece of shit, but it'll be over one day. That and again, I'm not projecting that out. That yeah. was my own pathology in my head. Mm -hmm. And I was like, this sucks, man. <laughs> yeah, I am like way too hedonistic to be waiting until I yeah. die. Yeah. And so spirituality, spirituality for me became much more present tense. Mm -hmm. Like today, what can I do yeah. today yeah. to experience this this whole that is much greater. And when I started doing things like that, and one of the exercises that evolved out of that for me personally and for my clients was a challenge to take one day, just very intentionally take one day and do every good thing you can do. And the emphasis was on don't do it. Don't fucking post it on Instagram. Oh, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't get you started on all okay, that. Okay, pause. Don't fucking post it on Instagram. And don't think of it in terms of 
ending world hunger or don't think in these grandiose terms. You have to live your life. You have to go to work today. You've got to pay your bills. The path that you are on in life, look at that path today with the intent of, I'm going to do every good thing that I can do. I'm going to say hi to somebody. I'm going to open the door to somebody. I'm going to, I, oh, look, that little worm there. I'm going to put him yeah. off in the grass. Yeah. Oh, there's a piece of trash. You know, don't let anything be too small. Let everything that is in your path that you can do, do it. Mm -hmm. And I remember one day I was walking. Um, I had to testify in a case, and my office is pretty close to the courthouse, and so I was walking over to the courthouse, and there was a beer can laying on the sidewalk. And I walked by it, and I'm like, dude, you're such a fucking hypocrite. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, you literally are the shittiest human. Yeah. Go back and pick that can up. Yeah. So I'm like, I'm having this little mini tantrum in my head, and like, nah, I'm a piece of shit and whatever. <laughs> and I throw the can away. Three people thanked me for picking the uh, can up and throwing it away, uh, which – I. Yeah. Again, that was not the payoff because right. I did not. I didn't. <laughs> first of all, I did not post it to Instagram, and secondly, <laughs> I, but who would have thought that that would have been a spiritual thing? Yeah. To where now, three people that I had never seen before in my fucking life are we are having a spiritual moment. Yeah. Hey, thanks for doing that. Hey, I'm really a shitty person, but I tell other people to do good things and I felt hypocritical. <laughs> and of course, at that point, they just want me to shut up, yeah. right? And they're like, well, thanks. And I'm, You're welcome. You're welcome is what I meant to say. Like, you know, but it was just this incredible little moment. And spirituality became right here, right now, and something that I was able to participate in. And I think sometimes we think in spirituality in terms of just just these grandiose yeah. sorts of ways, and it isn't ever anything that genuinely affects us in the right here, right now. Right, right. That's good. Well, Jeff, that's a, that's a great point, and it sounds like a, an action item you know, we can throw out there for our listeners. Uh, and I'd like to tie that together with, sure, do that for a day where you're doing every good thing you can. And in the context you brought up earlier about the world having pain and suffering in it, at least a first step would be stop doing things that are hurting someone else, you know, and then there's, there's more to do from there, but that would be a great step. And then something that kind of goes back to what we started the program with was taking an inventory of the other components in your life, the mental, physical, emotional, social kind of aspects of your life, and see where there's incongruencies. See where there's something that you profess to believe something, but your actions are showing something else. And, and try and be introspective about sorting that out. And maybe you would need help for that too. Have someone that you know well say, where do you see me acting differently than I profess to believe. And I, I think a, a couple of things to keep in mind as you evaluate that. One thing is words lie, behaviors tell the truth. Even my own words. Mm -hmm. My thoughts, the words that I can construct, I mean, I can lie to myself, mm -hmm. right? And so when you talk about, Greg, about, you know, that, that incongruence, saying 
that I believe one thing, but my behaviors undermining that. Yeah. If I have conflicting thoughts in my mind, and this goes back to something that we've talked about in the past, that notion of cognitive dissonance, right? Mm -hmm. So I have two thoughts in my mind that are conflicting, right? I'm a great person. I yell and scream at my kids, okay? There's an incongruence there, yeah. right? Yeah. And so I have to pick... My psyche can only handle that tension for so long, Yeah. right? Yeah. So I have to, at some point in time, the cognitive dissonance becomes to a degree that I got to pick, right? Yeah. yeah. So if I have to pick between I'm a great person and I yell and scream at my kids, what am I going to pick? Yeah, you're going to want to be a good guy. Hell yes, I am. <laughs> Fucking kids. You don't understand. The only reason I yell at my kids is because they're so shitty. I'm a great person, but those kids of mine. So <laughs> if you're at a place where you, you, you hear that challenge from Greg and to evaluate your life and look for those incongruences, and you're like, well, I don't have any incongruences. <laughs> Guess what, <laughs> motherfucker? You took the blue pill. <laughs> like, screw that reality shit because, as we love saying, reality is like a fine wine. It has a taste that does not appeal to children. You were like, I'll stick with the Kool-Aid, man. I don't like yeah. that reality shit. Yeah. If you're... If you're in that place where you're saying, I'm a good person, but you're in denial and you have some work to do to where you probably need to lend your ear to what other people are saying about you and you need to evaluate that more from inside out. What am I doing to cause this response versus those thoughts of denial that justify your behavior? Well, I'm a good person, but I mean, my wife is just, she's just bitching at me all the time. Just, and well, I mean, what would you do if your wife was bitching at you all the time? I mean, eventually a bullshit, like <laughs> you've got to deal with yourself. And I think that's a great exercise. And, and I think we've talked about this before, but one of the things that I do routinely that has been the most fruitful exploration of my life is asking people the question, what's it like to be on the other end of me? And then asking them and give me the 10% that you positively don't want to tell me <laughs> because that's the feedback yeah. that I need. The 90% that you're comfortable with, yeah. that's the fucking Kool-Aid. Yeah, yeah. And I don't want to drink Kool-Aid anymore. I want to develop an adult palate that can actually deal with reality. So if you could give me that last 10% that you're uncomfortable, and you can do that in whatever form you want. If that's a face-to-face -face conversation, if you want to send me an email, whatever it is, but the degree that you could give me that last 10%, that's what I need to hear. And if somebody has the courage to give it to you, don't fucking pout and don't throw a tantrum. 
develop a palate for the truth. And that's not an easy thing to do. Well, that's awesome. I, I really appreciate you going through this this topic today. It seemed to kind of weave in with pretty much every episode we've had so far. <laughs> well, and so. I think to your point, I think whenever we find a spirituality that is meaningful to us, I think it does. I think it flows into every part of your life. And when it's true to yourself and it's more about giving back to the universe or giving back to God or what whatever you choose, whatever you choose as your orientation, you realize that I had nothing to do in me having life. And now I want to understand my authentic self and in that authentic self, I want to give back. And I do it because I'm a selfish piece of shit. <laughs> Right? I'd like to say, you know, that the shaman yeah, right. doesn't have any flaws. But when you live this way, life comes to life. It's not a drudgery. It's not this just time to make the donuts. <laughs> it spills into every area of your life. And you don't have to quit your job and start a vineyard or you don't you it just it brings a new sense of meaning to everything that you do. Wow, that's that's great. So uh, I did want to, as we wrap up today, <laughs> I did want to encourage our... We'll see about that. Li- I know. It's sure, hard to wrap I'm up. I'm not sure I'm ready to land the plane yet. <laughs> we so, may take another loop around the airport. <laughs> Let's encourage our listeners to um, join us on Facebook. Join us on uh, Facebook. Becoming Man Made Today. Yes. So we want, we want to interact with you. Join us there. And uh, I think we're landed now. So say goodbye, Jeff. Um, I will say goodbye. As always, the first act of finding your balls is subscribing to the podcast, giving us five stars, whether we deserve it or not, because that's part of being spiritual. Okay. And we will talk to you next time. All right. Thank you. Thank you.